we wanted to make music that reflects our taste. And I think we were into songs that were honest and, uh, you know, had a little bit of uh, commentary about the world around around it. And I think that's the kind of songs that we wanted to write when we when we started Poco Pliska and, and still want to write. Today I'm talking to François van Kouk from the South African band Fokov Pulisikar. Good morning, François. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Petra, very nice to meet you. Happy to chat to you today. Yeah, you're <laughs> in South Africa. Where are you based exactly? Uh, I'm in Belleville, the northern suburbs of Cape Town. I uh, grew up here and wished my whole life to get away from Belleville. Uh, <laughs> moved moved out of Belleville after school and when I got married um, how long ago was that but 11 years ago I moved back here oh okay so but where did you want to go to yeah if you you, want to be there if you grow up in Belleville it's like I mean I think it's that's the reason why a lot of me and my friends started making music because there's not that much to do it's like kind of like a boring um, middle-class, conservative kind of um, uh, suburb. So, you know, for me as a, chi- as a child and a, and a high school kid, I just wanted to get out of here. I just, I'd, I'd like the Cape Town, you know, 30 kilometers away looked like this mystical place. So uh-huh. I, just wanted to, I just wanted to leave Balboa and, you know, um, I guess feel like I... I can experience more than, than being Belleville. So, so my mission was to get away and now, now I'm back here. And you're back. <laughs> <laughs> but so all routes lead, lead to Belleville then in the end. Yeah, yeah it's funny. Um, I know you interviewed my friend Hunter the other day and uh, we yeah. played a band together, Folk of Polisica, and all of us moved out mm-hmm. of Belleville and all of us eventually moved back <laughs> to Belleville, you know, so it's a, uh, it's interesting that that we end up yeah where we grew up and and a place where yeah. we wanted to escape. But this is so interesting. This band that you are uh, uh, or your band Foco Felicicar, uh, interesting name. How did you come up with this name? Um, yeah, it's, uh, before Foco Felicicar, we played um, in kind of English rock bands, rock and punk bands, and. It was kind of taboo to be in an Afrikaans band at that stage because there was nothing that was really cool or that we thought was cool. You know, before before Fokopliska, there was stuff like Kurs Kumbais and Johannes Kerk or all that, that we felt we could um, relate to the lyrics, but the music we couldn't really relate to that much because it was like, I think the, this genre was like this old school kind of blues thing and we, we felt like we were citizens of the world. We liked international stuff uh, and then we started joking around about starting this Afrikaans band haha ha, it's going to be so funny um, because it was very uncool to do something in Afrikaans at that stage and then um, we came up with a name in a very stoner moment me and the bass player Bernard, we were driving to the beach and I was driving his, his venture he had like a little venture panel van uh, we used to do sound live sound for bands so there was a panel that uh, to carry equipment and stuff and uh, uh, Sedan pulled in front of me and I was like oh you fuck off familie motor and we were like damn that's that's an amazing name for our band so that's fuck off I guess family vehicle um, and we thought damn that's an amazing name for the band and we found Hunter immediately and we said 
dude, we've got the name for our band. We have to start this Afrikaans band now. And we didn't see him for about two weeks. And then he was, when we saw him again, he was like, what's the name of our band again? Fuck off Polisica. And we were like, oh, that's even better. <laughs> and then, then we, then we had the name and then we started writing these songs and, um, and our, our friends, our immediate friends resonated, it resonated with them immediately. And we, we kind of knew there was something special to it. I said to Hunter also <laughs> a few uh, bands that I spoke to where you, you talk about the name of the band because these names really are so random. You cannot, you, you, it must come from somewhere. And these all these stories are always the same. You know, it's like this, we've been thinking about a name and then suddenly this this came up. So I find it so interesting. And But it, does this name now sort of represent what you do? Does it represent the music that you do in the way that, because it is a bit of a rebellious uh, name. I yeah, mean, the, the, I th the meaning of the name is a bit rebellious. Yeah, I think it was kind of um, anti-authority at that stage when we started it. I think we wanted to say kind of goodbye to our Afrikaans, uh, history and upbringing we just wanted to say like we, we we're going to sing in Afrikaans but we want to start something that's fresh that's that's not uh, doesn't it's not bound to the chains of you know the past of Afrikaans so it, it was a little bit rebellious and um you know I, I think we were rebelling against everything that was conservative in Afrikaans and we just wanted to liberate ourselves and and express our freedom but, and also your name, it's a stage name, Francois Pancot. Uh, yeah, that's also, it's also got a funny story if you want to hear that one. Um, <laughs> so, so my real name is Badenhorst, Francois Badenhorst, and my dad is a, is a Dutch reform minister of the Ingekerk in South Africa. Um, and um, when, when, we started, when we started the band, um, my mom asked me, well, oh, there was the first article on Fokofliska was in, in the Afrikaans newspaper, Die Burger. And it was quite a positive write-up, but it had a photo and our names were listed under the photo, Hunter Kennedy, Weiland Mayberg, Francia Badenhorst. And then uh, at that stage, my dad was was uh, Domini and people from the congregation found uh, the house. They were saying that the, we call the pastorie. It's like the pastoral house. And... Yeah. Um, they were like asking my father, like, what's wrong with your son? He's playing in this band with this swear word in the name. And then my mom was just like, please don't use your your surname in the press anymore. And we had this running joke from way back um, about th there's, a, there's a Coca-Cola um, manufacturing place in down the mm. west coast of South Africa. And... Uh, we were recording with a previous band and there was someone from Triedendal, which is the town where that, that, that place is. And they were talking about a guy, Van Coke, Johan Van Coke, because he works for Coke, Coca-Cola. <laughs> and then we thought, oh man, that's so funny. His name is Johan Van Coke. And it be became, became like a running joke. And then uh, when my mom asked me not to use my surname in the next interview I did, also in the Burger, uh, the Afrikaans <laughs> newspaper, I said, my name is Francia Van Coke. And it, just stuck from there. So that's 2004, early 2004. So I've been Francia van Kouk for almost 20 years. Oh, this is so incredible. I mean, um, so you just adapt. So this is your stage name now. You you have yes. to 
This is to protect your family, really. <laughs> yeah, my mom, I guess. I guess, I like, now, now yeah. uh, I think 20 years down the line, my mom is quite proud to be Francia von Koch's mom. Um, I can imagine, but it, yeah. But it took it took some time, you know. I think it was a, yeah. it was a massive shock to my parents when we started this band. Um, just the name in itself. I think my mom was crying for two days when she heard the name. It was just a massive <laughs> shock. Because, you know, like uh, my dad is a minister, my mom works yeah. kind of in, in church. And yeah, it was very tough for them to to deal with that. But I mean, now things have changed. I mean, I've got a, I've got a solo career and, um, you know, I think they can also realize that I, I'm supporting my family and, and they're kind of proud of what I've achieved, I guess. So, so yeah, now, now, now it's fine, but it took some time. Yeah. <laughs> but now I spoke to Hunter as well about this, um, the Afrikaans music used to be like this and, and you know it used to be and like you said you broke away but it used to be a lot of music that uh very instant music you know it's what what people sang about it's almost like the schlager that we have here in in Austria and Germany and you've really because I I listen to your music and your lyrics are really um very much about life and it's it's about um and it's deep it's you know about feelings and things like that so was this also then for you a, a specific route that you wanted to take yes i think i think uh like i said we we wanted to make music that reflects our taste and i think we were into songs that were honest and uh you know had a little bit of uh commentary about the world around around it and i think that's the kind of songs that we wanted to write when we when we started Poco Plisca and and still want to write so um i i don't think we ever thought we don't want to make like afrikaans music like that because that wasn't even part of our frame mm. of reference we we did, we never grew up with you know like the afrikaans soki soki music i don't know how to you know like, like the slogan yeah. stuff i guess like we never yeah. grew up with that we never we never got into that. So, so we, you know, you know, we, we fell in love with music when, uh, in the grunge movement, I guess, when, uh, when, when Nirvana and Pearl Jam came out. So that wasn't really part of our reference at all. We just wanted to make music that's reflects who we are and, uh, uh, is honest, about where we are now in our lives. And your background in music, did you study music at all? No, not at all. I'm, I'm probably the, the worst music student in the world. I think I, I, I grade one on like recorder or something. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And I played it, I tried to play it through my nose most of the time. So I was like, <laughs> not very serious, not very serious about music. Um, I, I, when I was in primary school, I was kind of into rugby was my passion. Like it was like, I was really into sport and, um, I only really started playing guitar when I was 16 years old. So, so I never studied anything kind of learned from my, from jamming with my friends and jamming in bands and stuff like that. I, I still can't read music. I, um, really? I'm, I'm most of the time don't have a clue what I'm, what I'm doing when I'm writing music either. I, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing either. So, <laughs> um sometimes it comes out all right and i i you know i work with with uh, great musicians that um you know um that can write proper music 
Oh, okay. So you don't write yourself? Yes, I, I write lyrics and I write some of the music, but I mean, it's not like I, I, I don't see myself as a composer. I see myself as a rock musician that's writing songs. Hmm. And in this band, uh, do you find also that because some uh, or many musicians pr uh, talk about this, this collaboration between musicians that you you almost bounce off each other, you almost inspire each other. Do you find that also in a band like that? That the moment you get together, uh, this is what happens. These you you sort of um, inspire each other. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I write with them with a couple of different. Groups, uh, you know, I'm, I've got a solo career and I write with my band uh, in in that sense. And then obviously I, I do a lot of collaboration with various artists and it's, it's always different. It's always, uh, you always learn something from the, the person you're writing with, you know, because everyone's personality is different. You learn about personalities. It's a, That's why I love collaborating so much. It's just um, you learn about people and about writing music and songs i find it very interesting but in south africa what uh, what are the 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 possibilities for you there because if you sing mostly in afrikaans yeah i you know i think we've kind of reached more or less like i guess the ceiling that you, you can reach in south africa you know i'm um I've, I've got a big show i do every year it's like a arena arena show it's called franje van koken Frinde and that's probably the biggest thing you can do in South Africa if you, if you play rock music. Um, obviously, we're, we're part of big events. So there's a couple of big festivals and stuff. But, you know, singing in Afrikaans definitely limits you. Um, you know, we've, we've traveled here and there. Uh, we've got a little bit of a following in, in Europe. We, we're playing uh, actually a sold-out show, our first sold-out show in Amsterdam. Oh, in, oh wow. In about, in about two weeks. After 20 years, we've got a sold-out show in Amsterdam. Um, quite interesting. But, uh, but I mean, uh, I think we kind of uh, shot ourselves in the foot to sing in Afrikaans, but it also, we will never be what we are if it was not in Afrikaans. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of what makes it special and makes it what it is. So for me, you know, I just want to have longevity in South Africa and play music to people that appreciate it. Yeah, I don't have dreams of becoming a, not anymore, of becoming an international uh, rock, rock star. You know what I mean? I, I definitely had those dreams in my in my 20s, but I, you know, I don't live with those delusions anymore. It's But I'm... I'm very happy and privileged that I can play music for a living and that I have enough people to support my career. But when you go, to, for example, overseas and people don't understand all the lyrics, but they get the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, you know, I've, I've always loved, uh, you know, bands that sing in other languages, like, so like Rammstein or... Uh, there's, there's a band Stierbart Bakkebart from the Netherlands that I really like. Um, and I think that music can transcend the language. It, it just like, it will, I don't think it will ever become like a, a, a pop culture phenomenon in another country, which Folk of Polisica was in South Africa. You know, it was like a, uh, it was something that has never happened before. And, you know, we were the first of its kind. It was like, um, mm was a crazy thing yeah that won't happen anywhere else but i that like um the, the 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 weird thing now is we go and play to expats all over the world because there's so many expats from south africa 
you know, New Zealand, we've been to New Zealand, we've been to Australia, we've been to England, the Netherlands, you know, there's, there's so many South Africans that you can play to different parts of the world at the moment. But uh, young musicians coming up, because the band idea, sometimes, you know, we dismiss the band idea when when children are younger and, and in high school, you know, everybody forms a band and then you think, okay, it's just a phase, you know, they're forming a band. But there must be some children now that look up to you and think, hey, this is what is possible. You can make a life in South Africa or you can make a living by singing Afrikaans like you did. I mean, of course, it would not be everybody that would be able to do it, but you must be some sort of inspiration for younger musicians coming up now. Yes, yeah, no, I definitely think so. I, um, you know, like we also had bands that we looked up to when we were young. We didn't have a lot, but there was there, there was a band called the Springbok Nude Girls. I don't know if you've heard of them. They were like around mm-hmm. when I was in I was in high school, and um, you know they were in my mind the only band that's really doing it full time at that stage. And I I remember I told you earlier that I um, I told my folks that I'm starting this band and. I remember my mom telling me, like, you're going to have to be bigger than the Springbok nude girls. You know, like, I was like, <laughs> my mom even knew about this band, you know, and she knew that we had to be bigger than them to make a living. But I mean, they, they were inspiration to us. And I, I hope we can be an inspiration to others just to, to make music what is, uh, to do what they want to do and what they feel passionate about. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I still think it's it's hard. It's hard in South Africa. It definitely is. I mean, your market is only that big, especially if you sing in Afrikaans. Um, but it is a possibility if you if you do something that's if you get lucky and do something that's original. Because that, that that like doing something that's original is not really something that you can make up. It's like something that happens. It's not a, it's not something that you can just decide today I want to be original you know it's like it happens exactly over time and and whatever influenced you and who you work with it's like a lot of factors you know so and luck also plays a part there yeah that's true you know it's a, there's not a recipe there's not like mm. something where you say you have to be this and this and this and then you'll end up being so unique yeah yeah that's impossible it's a, it's impossible to tell someone yeah. how to be unique you know that's that's yeah. really impossible yeah. but um now what is i mean you you have a solo career you have you sing with bands and so on what is still the wish for you what would you like to achieve still yeah i, I still want to make music that people can identify with and um find relevant in their lives that that's my main mission you know like i'm i I've been doing kind of bigger shows every year since 2018, like doing this arena show, which is probably the biggest thing you can do here. But um, but I want to um, keep on making music that, that touch people and that people can relate to. I think that's my main mission. Is I, I hope I can do that for, for long. Did your music change a lot? Can you see, when you look back, can you see actually how... Uh, your music changed with how your life changed yes yeah yeah definitely i think like um over the years i've done i've done a couple of different things but i think the biggest change was probably when i I started my solo career in 2015 and i mean it's not necessarily like a style change because i'm still playing rock music but 
But um, I think uh, uh, I went through personal changes in my personal life, and and that kind of makes you write about different things. And I mean, that influenced every everything else. You know, now I'm I'm a father. I've got kids. I write about different things. You know, I'm not as angry as bef- as when I was 23. I'm 43 years old. You know, like things got drastically changed over over 20 years. My circumstances has changed. Everything has changed. I mean, there's like, I, I guess my main principles in my mind is still the same, but everything else has changed over 20 years. I, I always try and explain to people like uh, going on, on the road, going on tour when you're 23 is like the best thing you can possibly do. You, you get away from your circumstances. You probably stay in a shitty little bed in a yellow room but you go on the road and you you get to stay in a hotel and hang out with your friends every day and make music. Now when I'm 43, it's a little bit different. You know, I've got a I've got a family at home. I've got two kids that I want to see. I've got a dog that I want to see. I've got my wife that I want to hang out with. I've got a I've got a comfortable place where I stay. Then say like, it gets tougher to be on the road. It gets tougher to to um, live this life just because your circumstances change. Mm. I just want to say your wife's not going to be happy if she's named after the kids and the dog. The dog. <laughs> it's a new dog. That's probably why, why the dog came up first. But um, <laughs> she's actually in the room, room next to me. She might even hear it. I feel like I'm, feel like I'm blushing. Um, <laughs> are your kids now? Are they? Are they your? Are they fans? Do they? Are they old enough to sort of realize that you are um, a star in South Africa? Yeah, I think my daughter has kind of realized that. I mean, there's kids in her class that wear some of my T-shirts to class, and then she'd realize that. Uh-huh. Um, and she would tell me, oh, Dad, this guy, this boy is really a big fan. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, okay. And some of, it, some of her teachers are fans. So I guess she's she kind of uh, – and she's seen me on TV and stuff like that. So I guess like she kind of realizes that I – I'm a musician and that makes it a little bit different, you know. She she doesn't want to be a funko because she says she's not gonna be a singer, so she she oh, sticks okay. with with Bardenor. She doesn't want to be a funko at all. Um, <laughs> but she's actually got a got an amazing voice and one of the greatest experiences I've ever had is uh, we did a song together at a school at a school oh, concert. Wow. It was so it was so cool. Um but but yeah, she's not keen on on performing, mm. but she she's got a beautiful voice. But yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. My light he... is two and a two and a half. Mm. He he just wants to throw a ball, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, yeah. And uh what age is she? Oh, she's six. She's grade okay. one. So she still thinks you're cool. Wait till she's 13 and she's not yeah, going yeah. to do that anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that. Eh? I'm not <laughs> I'm not ready for my daughter hating me. Now I've got a friend that's got a teenager. Um, yeah, we started a bit late because I was obviously we were on the road and playing rock, rock and music every and night. So I, 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 I uh, my daughter was born and I was thirty six years old. So my friends, a lot of my friends started earlier, but he's got a teenager that doesn't want to talk to him at all. So I'm I'm not re- I'm not ready for that <laughs> at all yet. Yeah. Give me give me another ten years. Yeah, well, I I survived that, so um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I say life can bring anything to you after you've had teenagers. 
Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Don't tell me. <laughs> I'll get ready in the next 10, 10 years until she's 16. I'll be, I'll be ready. But when I see these mums with the babies in the prams and they look so tired, then I think, you know what, be happy you you at least know where they are, you know. So. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no that, yeah, that also scares me, kids yeah. going out and, oh, no, it's crazy. I know what I, what I was up to when I was 16 to 18. Yeah, and, so um, you know. I didn't want, I don't want my kids to be there. <laughs> but Francho, this was so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. It's um wonderful. I, I hope that you come to Vienna one day. I mean, I, I don't have, know. Yeah. I haven't been. I, I haven't been. I would love to. I would love to. Yeah, I think you have to come and do a concert here. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, get up Amsterdam first. Be- Vienna second. Next, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> we'll put the wish out there. Okay, cool, Petra. Thank you so much. It was very nice to talk to you. Thank you, um, Francois. Have a lovely afternoon. All the best.